This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top of this hour, though, and this has been a really weird issue, I got to admit, because I don't really understand why the, why this became an issue, where this came from, or what's going to happen now going forward. So basically, earlier this year, the Edmonton Police Service decided that in not every case, when there was a homicide, would they release the name of the victim. And it's typically been the case, pretty much everywhere, that especially with a crime like this, we, we err on the side of disclosure, that, that people need to know what's going on. Who was this person who died? Why did they die? Uh, am I at risk of being murdered? What, what's the relative risk? How dangerous is my city? How dangerous is my community? Where are these happening? Etc. And I think especially with this, we want to put a, a face to the victim to understand their story. Uh, because it matters to people. There are all kinds of reasons, I think, why this information should be disclosed. But Edmonton police decided, well, we're not always going to. There may be privacy issues. And so that was indeed the case. That uh, in certain instances, they weren't releasing the names. And yet in Calgary, for example, the um, the police policy was to disclose that information. So uh, this became an issue. Everyone decided, well, let's try to figure out a, an across-the-board policy here. So the chiefs of police met this week. They came up with uh, a set of criteria to assess each instance on a case-by-case basis. And now going forward, well, I, I don't know. Sounds as though maybe we'll, we'll see other police forces in certain cases not release the names. Well, joining us for some thoughts, uh, someone who's uh, covered the courts for a long time and had an interesting piece today about all of this, Christy Blatchford, uh, courts columnist for Post Media. Christy, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Rob. Nice to be here. Uh, now, this is not an issue in any other province, as far as I'm aware. Have you ever encountered this? No, I haven't. I mean, occasionally when somebody is murdered, there will be delayed disclosure of the, the victim's name because the police are correctly trying to make sure all the next of kin and that sort of thing are notified. And that's completely defensible, Mm -hmm. of course. But this information, I think, should be and always has been treated as presumptively disclosable. I mean, in other words, murder is, is, as you suggested off the top, is a crime against the body public, really. It's not just a crime against an individual. It threatens or could threaten our collective sense of security. We lose a member of our community. We're entitled to know, I think, a little about the person and what they may have become had their life not been stolen, etc. And always, in my experience, uh, you know, police release the name of a homicide victim, and they usually do it pretty quickly once an active next of kin is been informed. Um, But in fully a third of Edmonton's homicides this year, they haven't identified the victim, sometimes with absurd results. Sometimes the family of the victim has uh, caused an obituary to be published identifying the person. Sometimes they've uh, set up a fundraising page to help with funeral expenses, even as the Edmonton Police Force continues to not identify the victim. I mean, no one seems to know what prompted the change, which started apparently in mid-January of this year. But it has the familiar stench of lawyer busy work, if you ask me. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I, look, and, and you pointed out in your piece, sure, there, there are privacy laws that exist, and, and they can be rather complex. I, I don't know that we, we typically leave it to police to figure all of that out. I mean, we have Office of Privacy Commissioners, et cetera. But 
this this had not been an issue. No, there there had been no finding the police had violated uh, no, privacy laws, no, anything like that. No, you know, my hunch is that uh, somebody in either the privacy commissioner's office or a lawyer with the Edmonton Force, I mean, God knows these vast bureaucracies, there are all sorts of people with very little to do, I suspect. And one of them thought, gee, I wonder if by, you know, releasing this name, we're breaching the privacy law. And, you know, the privacy laws, despite this uh, amusing document uh, that the Alberta Association of, of Chiefs of Police came up with this week, which is called the AACP Decision Framework on Naming Homicide Victims. Well, that's comforting. Um, But the document purports to refer to various sections of the Freedom of Information and Privacy Act uh, as though it dealt specifically with with homicides and that sort of thing. And it doesn't. It, It merely sets out general kind of propositions you you don't want the government the state disclosing citizens information without good reason but there is a good reason when somebody's killed that's the reason and privacy legislation's been around in alberta for 17 years i think Mm -hmm. longer in other provinces longer federally no one's ever made an issue of homicide victims being named until now i mean like i say i think it's busy work what is now? One of the issues that's come up here is is if if there are certain situations where family members don't want a name released, uh, do do they have a, a veto over the public's right to know? What, what do you think of that? I don't think they do. I think obviously police will make every effort to consult the family to explain to them the reasons why it's important that this information is disclosed and. Some families may not love it. They may resist it, and that's fine. Let them resist it. The The crime of murder, I think, is so inherently awful and is such a broad public crime, even though it's also a very the most grievous crime against an individual, that, you know, the, this, we're talking not about a family. We're really talking about a person who's dead, and... Traditionally, you know, for instance, you can't libel the dead. You can't defame the dead. You know why? Because they're dead. It, I think the same thinking uh, has traditionally permeated, uh, you know, the, the whole question of whether homicide victims should be named. I don't think anyone's ever worried it before, except now somebody is, and now there's a need for consistency. And none of these cases has so far gone to court because of court course it takes forever to get a, a charge of murder uh, before the courts but once that happens my fear is that another arm of the state prosecutors not noted frankly for their collective bravery will then say well geez you know there was a ban on publication of the the, the name of this homicide victim so perhaps we'll have to ask the judge for a, a publication ban to continue i mean really then you wouldn't have public courts no. And, and look, this gets to the public's right to know. And we in the media are, are, are trying to be that bridge, right, so that the public can access information they're entitled to. I know some people look at it more cynically, Christine. They say, oh, you, you people in the media, you, you just need to know every little bit of information, don't you? Why do you need this, this information? What, what do you say to that? Well, I, I agree that there is a distinction between, quote, the public interest and what the public is interested in finding out. They aren't always the same thing. But I think in the case of a, of a murder victim, there is a legitimate overriding public interest 
in knowing who the person is. And it's not a prurient thing to want to know the name. You're not trying to live as a voyeur. You, you are, we are all members of a community in my neighborhood in Toronto. I know people, I know who they are. And if one of my community friends is killed, whether they're killed allegedly by their spouse or by a stranger or whatever, there are different concerns, but we are all entitled to know that because it, it, it informs our own sense of security. It informs our, our sense of community, if you like. I, I don't think this is a case where the public interest and what the public is interested in are different. No, absolutely. Well, I'd be curious to see where this all goes from here. Uh, Christy, appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for making some time for us. Thanks for having me on. Bye-bye. Take care. Christy Blatchford, uh, National Courts columnist with Post Media and National Post, nationalpost.com. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on Christy's side here. This, this makes no sense to me. As she points out, murder is uh, exceptional, a crime against the public order, the public good, the public body. It's imperial to want to know who's been killed. It's smart in a democracy that took openness seriously. It would be routine, right? Wouldn't put up with this south of the border, that's for sure. Because it is the most serious of crimes. Who died? Why did they die? And what, what is the issue here? I mean, is, is it domestic violence? Is it that someone was, was killed in a robbery? Was this a, a gang shootout? These members of gangs fighting it out. What, what is going on? What is going on in our community? Somebody died, for God's sake. Uh, we want some answers. And this is part of that story. So this notion that we need to, to hide this information, first we'll stop mentioning the victims' names, and I guess we better stop uh, mentioning the names of, of the perpetrators. Uh, we don't want to disparage any neighborhoods. So we won't say where it took place either. So we'll just get a little uh, terse news release from the police to say, uh, last night... Somebody was killed. Uh, I think we need to err on the side of openness and transparency. That's what our justice system is supposed to be about. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.